Today it's an honor to have Pastor Mike back with us. Pastor Mike, would you come on up? Uh, would you guys uh, give him a warm welcome as he walks up? And, and Pastor Mike, he oversees 100 churches in New Mexico. So our church, the Grove, comes under an organization called New Mexico Ministry Network, which is a part of the Assemblies of God worldwide. And so we have a, a covering that and a, and a partnership, cooperative uh, fellowship partnership with other churches in our in our state, in our country, and around the world. And uh, it's just our, we're doing an incredible job just around the globe. And so Pastor Mike oversees the churches in New Mexico, and so he's the network pastor. Uh, for the Mexico Ministry Network. So every year, we've since we've started, we've invited him to come because I want you guys to know that we have great relationships with other churches, with other pastors, and we want to set the example that we all need positive influences in our life. And so Pastor Mike is one of those influences in my life that I could go to. I could be encouraged by him, um, supported by him. And so, um, so when I need a pastor, I would reach out to him. And then the overseers, when we have questions about the church, we reach out to Jason. Next week, we'll have Randy. And these other guys, that other pastors, are just helping us be healthy as a church. And thanks for being here, Pastor Mike. We appreciate you. We love you. So get up for Pastor Mike one more time. Sure. Pastor, yeah. thank you so much. Good morning, Grove. How are you guys today? It is really an honor to be here. And uh, wow, last week you had Pastor Jason, who is actually our oldest son. And I'm not sure, Pastor Eric, if it's smart to have two Dickinsons two Sundays in a row. Uh, I tell people all the time that the challenge is that, that Jason is me on steroids, and that's not a good thing, by the way. <laughs> that's not a good thing, but uh, it is such an honor to be with you today. Uh, love being here. I, w- I was thinking, Pastor Eric, uh, almost five years ago, five years ago in September, I believe it is, that, that uh, launched, the Grove launched here, and uh, to be back this uh, this weekend is just an incredible, incredible joy uh, for Becky and I, and we love you guys. We love your pastors. We, I, I love being a part of the dreams of God. And as Pastor Eric was talking a few moments ago about, uh, you know, first steps, the initial steps with the church and all of that, uh, what that really is, is are the dreams of God that unfold. And God uses ordinary people. He uses us. He gives us those opportunities. And Pastor Eric, thank you in sincerity for saying yes to the call of God, to the dream of God, uh, when it didn't look like this. But in the dream, in the heart of God, it looked like this. And uh, I want to say thank you. You have incredible, incredible leaders who love you, who care for you, love the vision, love Serve Day. Thank you for being the church here in Santa Fe and uh, in so many ways uh, really around the world. You are living the dream of God. And uh, again, what an honor to be here with you today. I, uh, I'm excited about what God's put in my heart for today. I, I love the song that we wrapped up with a few moments ago. And I, I think sometimes, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but it does to me. There are times I find myself singing the words, but they're not really registering. They're not really registering with me. And then all of a sudden, wow, the boom, the, the words are there. They speak to my heart. And I thought about this with, with this song. One phrase that is there said, you love me as you found me. And I, I, I'm so glad that God does that. God loves us where he finds us. And sometimes we struggle with that. But he loves us where he finds us. Uh, but your love's too good to leave me there. And uh, that fits so well into what God wants to speak to us about today. There's a story in Jeremiah 18. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I want to go there this morning. Uh, It's another one of those incredible instances where God is just communicating. And and God is the master communicator. 
God knows your language. He knows how to talk to you. He knows how to speak to you. He knows everything about you and I. Uh, God uses everyday, ordinary situations in our lives to, to speak to us. And, and Jeremiah 18 is actually one of those instances in Scripture. Within the verses that, that we'll look at in a few moments, uh, you find this is a word from God to Jeremiah for Israel, and the setting is the potter's house. It's a, it's a message really about God's dream for Israel and what needed to happen in order for that dream to become a reality. Again, it's a message for Israel, for Jeremiah, and for you and I today about transformation. And uh, it's a word picture about transformation. Now, let me define trans- transformation if I could. Transformation relates to God's dream for our lives, where we have come from, where we are, and where God wants to take us. It's that journey that you and I are on. And uh, Pastor Eric, I don't even think you probably recognized it, but as you prayed over the leadership team this morning and prayed for this day, you prayed that today would be a day of transformation, that God would transform lives. That's, that's such an interesting part of this. He loves us where he found us, but he loves us too much to leave us there. And that is transformation. As Jeremiah considers this message, he can easily reflect on his own life. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse number 1 says this, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment this morning. so simple, but every one of us in this room, we have a starting place. In other words, where we were born, when we were born, every one of us have a starting place. We also have a current reality. And... uh, Whether you are pleased with that current reality or not uh, is not the issue. You may have looked in the mirror this morning and thought, wow, this is not good. Or you may have looked there and said, this is great today. But we have a current reality. But we also, regardless of what that picture looks like today, you and I are a work in progress. That's what transformation is all about. Our oldest granddaughter, Mercy, I think Mercy and the kids were probably here with Jason and Lisa last weekend, but have a picture of, of Mercy when she was born on April the 19th, 2004. You'll see the picture there of Jason holding her as a little baby, and of course, and it's a typical picture of a dad holding a baby, and, and he's so proud of her. He's looking into her eyes. He's, he's uh, looking into her face there, but uh, as he holds that baby in his arms, uh, I mean, Mercy at that time, she could not walk. She could not talk. She could not carry out the trash. I mean, there, uh, there were a lot of things she could not do. She was an infant. I have another picture that uh, was taken a while back. Mercy is now 15 years old. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think that was just shortly after she got her glasses. Uh, I was thinking about this coming in this morning. Just a couple of weeks ago, she got her first driver's permit. And uh, so now she uh, she is starting to drive. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for this. As a matter of fact, Becky took her driving the other day. I still haven't done that. Uh, but 15 years later, I mean, she's not that little baby. There's a transformation that has not only taking place... Uh, But it continues to take place. That's what transformation is all about. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 says, We are God's workmanship. Every one of us are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. He loved you where he found you 
But even when you did not know him, God loved you and he had a plan for your life. uh, And that plan involves where you are today and where God wants to take you and I as his children. It's an amazing picture. When our kids were, uh, were very, very small, one of the things that uh, one, of, one of the things that was just a, a normal practice in our household, and remember we're going back a ways. Jason is now 40 years old, so so 40 years ago, 35 years ago, whatever. But one of the things that we would do is we would come to the close of the day and we'd put the boys in bed. Uh, Becky was the one that was really uh, the one that made all of this happen. But but after we prayed with them and we we had our final words, uh, she would turn on. Uh, a cassette tape, and I know that we're really talking old school here, but she would turn on a cassette tape, and they would go to sleep listening to children's songs. One of those children's songs was entitled, He's Still Working on Me. And uh, it's crazy because I think about this. We're talking 35 years ago or so, but uh, I, I sometimes wonder if Becky was playing those songs for the boys or she was playing it for me. Because here, 35 years later, I still, every once in a while, that song just kind of, kind of goes through my mind. And it, it simply would say, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars and Jupiter and Mars, but he's still working on me. Could I tell you today, God's not finished working on you. God's not finished working on me. Transformation is really about the fact that God loves you where you are, but he loves you too much to leave you there. Jeremiah 18 really puts it into perspective. Listen to these words. This is the word that came from, to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord. Like clay in the hands of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Jeremiah said, I saw him working at the wheel. I want you to think about this just to frame these thoughts for the next few moments. What do you see here? Very simply, it's this. The potter in this picture is God. The clay, the potter's wheel, rather, speaks of the process. That potter's wheel that turns round and round and round, it speaks of the process that's taking place. The clay is you and me. We are simply lumps of clay in the hands of God that have the potential The potter's desire speaks of God's dream for you and I. And that potter, by the way, every time that potter holds that clay in his hands or her hands, uh, you and I might look at that and say, this is just a lump of clay, but not in God's hands, not in the potter's hands. He sees that lump of clay, and he sees something beautiful even in that formless, shapeless lump of clay. And then the vessel that comes from that depicts God's dream becoming reality. Jeremiah said, I saw him working at the wheel. Over 20 years ago, Becky and I were pastoring our church in in Albuquerque, and uh, I actually preached a series of sermons from this. And as I was preaching this series, I was getting into it, I found myself thinking, 
I really want to make this thing come alive. I, I, I wish there was some way that, that what I read in Jeremiah 18 could, could actually be illustrated on a Sunday morning. And so I asked around and I found out that there was a lady in our church that had been a potter. And I went to her and I said, uh, is there any chance, uh, you know, do you have any ideas how we might be able to make this happen? And she said, absolutely. She said, uh, I, I'm not doing that now, but, but I still have access to a potter's wheel. And, and uh, so we began to make a plan. And I said, I, I want the potter's wheel on a Sunday morning on stage. And as I preach the sermon here, I want you to really preach the sermon over here. I'd like to, I'd like to start the sermon with a lump of clay in the sermon, sermon with a vessel that's, that's been formed, she said, let's make it happen. I'll never forget the Sunday that uh, we did that. And uh, I was like a kid on Christmas morning. I'm telling you, no one else knew I was going to do this except she and I. But uh, I was like a kid on Christmas morning. Got to church, uh, and I couldn't wait for her to get there. I saw her pull up in the parking lot, and she, uh, uh, I went out to meet her, and I said, Can I help you? And we began to haul in the potter's wheel and set it up. And I, I mean, I, I've really never been around a potter's wheel. I've never seen the process that much. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm looking at all of this. I'm so intrigued at it all because I know what God is talking about in Jeremiah 18. And uh, and then I, I'm I'm looking around for the for the clay and and uh, and and I, I began to ask and she said well I'm going to need your help with this and uh, and I'm wondering in my mind I'm thinking that you know I mean clay how much help is she going to need with the clay but we walked out to her car she opened the trunk of her car and she pulled out the clay and I must confess to you it shows my ignorance uh, but it did not look like what I expected in my mind I I kind of anticipated her pulling a uh, some clay out that looked a little bit like Play-Doh that would be, that would be soft and pliable. I mean, not necessarily colorful, but, but soft and pliable and ready to form into a vessel. What she pulled out of the back of her car looked like a cinder block. And I remember reaching out and touching it, and it felt like a cinder block. It felt like a brick. It felt hard. And, and I'm thinking... I don't, did I miss something here? How is this going to work? And, and uh, so we, we walked up to the front of the church, and we stopped outside. And she, uh, I remember she took that block of clay, she raised it high above her head, and she slammed it down on the concrete. And I found myself going, ouch. Because remember who the clay is. That's you and me. And she picked it up again and slammed it down again and again. And again, and there's a sermon there. I don't really have time to preach this morning. And, and after a few times, she looked at me and she said, why don't you work on it for a while? And the two of us on the front of that church, I mean, we would slam it down. We would slam it down as that clay began to soften and soften more and more. It was, a, it was an amazing. I'm telling you, God was speaking to me even through that. As that service started that morning, it really was an amazing morning as I, I began to, to preach the sermon to be honest with you, I kept getting distracted by the real sermon that was taking place over here because this lady was starting the, the process and a lump of clay all of a sudden as her hands would, would touch that clay, it would begin to be shaped and formed and it was an amazing journey that was taking place. Uh, and at the close of the service, it really was amazing. It worked exactly the way I wanted it, but she held a vessel that she had so carefully and masterfully created a, out of that lump of clay. Here's the question this morning. How do I move from where I am 
to where God wants me to be? How do I move from where I am to be the vessel that God is still dreaming of creating from my life? What's involved? Out of that series, there's a quote that God dropped into my heart that even though that's been over 20 years ago, I'm reminded of it often. And it simply went like this. I'm not what I once was. How many of you are thankful that you're not what you used to be? You're glad that God delivered you. I'm not what I once was. I'm not what I will be. In other words, there, there's a future out there that God is dreaming about that, that I'm not there yet, but I am forgiven and I am being changed. For these next few moments, I want to invite you to join me and let's step from the observation deck and together let's step into the potter's house. Jeremiah eighteen six, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter does? Being born again is instantaneous. But transformation, that's a lifetime. It's a journey. It's a process. So I have some questions for us this morning as we uh, stand at the potter's house. Very simple, probing. My heart is that... Uh, The Spirit of God will help us to simply consider these questions. Question number one, have you acknowledged the potter in your life? Have you acknowledged the potter in your life? Have you you opened the door and allowed God to step into your world and transform, change everything? Have you acknowledged Him? Do you have a relationship with God? Not just knowing about God, but do you have... A relationship with God. What does that relationship look like? What does it feel like in your life? Is, is, is Jesus your Savior? Have you, have you invited Him? Have you confessed that you're, you're need of Him? That you need His forgiveness? Have you made room for Him in your life? Have you settled the issue uh, of who God is and who He needs to be in your life? Have you acknowledged the potter? In your life. That's the starting point for everything. It's the starting point for everything. Wherever we are on our journey with God, it all begins with us opening the door and simply saying, God, I am lost without you, but I invite you in and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. Have you acknowledged the potter in your life? Question number two How's the process going? No, I mean, really. I, uh, we walked in this morning, and one of the brothers here, we were greeting one another, and he said, how are you doing? I said, I'm great. And he said, are, are you really doing great? <laughs> I said, I think you looked at my sermon notes. Because I, I, I've, I've grown up around Christians all my life. I've been around the church all my life, and I know how we are sometimes. We greet one another on a Sunday morning especially. And as we greet one another, sometimes during the meet and greet time, hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. The whole world is fine. I mean, we're just fine people. But really, how's the process really going? What does it look like? What would be the picture of your life today? You know, sometimes uh, elementary 
uh, school teachers or maybe preschool teachers will, will have children to just draw a picture, even with their limited artistic ability, draw a picture of what their life looks like. And, and it's pretty amazing how that out of the scribbles and the lines, uh, it, it begins to depict uh, whether there's chaos or peace or a sense of direction or whatever. What does the picture of your life look like today? Do you find yourself starting and stopping and starting over and being detoured and being sidetracked and is it a train wreck uh, or, or what's really going on in your life today do you find yourself do you find yourself really on the right track or is it healthy is your relationship with God what it really needs to be? Are you, are you in alignment to, as, as you hear the Word of God and as you read the Word of God? How are you really doing? How's the process going? Is God moving you along? Question number three, where are the hang-ups in your life? And you might say, Pastor, you're getting a little personal. But what about the lumps? Uh, in this story, the potter encountered some lumps in the clay. Lumps in the clay. So the question is, where are the, where are the lumps in your clay? Where are the hang-ups in, in your clay? In other words, just if we're really honest with ourselves, uh, are there some lumps in the clay that, that need to be acknowledged, that need to, we just need to be aware of those things that we cannot ignore you say, what are you talking about? I'm talking about things that, that would limit your development and your transformation process or limit you in your relationships. Maybe unresolved issues. And isn't it interesting how that life creates plenty of opportunities for us to have issues? Issues with one another, issues in our marriage, issues in our homes, uh, unresolved issues, maybe offenses. People offend us by their words and their actions and things that happen in our lives. Uh, it could be uh, unforgiveness in our lives that 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 we're just not dealing with. Uh, I mean, lumps of clay, uh, lumps in the clay could be any number of things. It it could be uh, it could be unconfessed sin that that we haven't dealt with in our lives. That it could be any number of things. Uh, let me let me just go a little further. Sometimes, if we're not careful, those lumps become things that. Uh, Things that need to be addressed, but rather than dealing with them, we find it easier to learn to live with it than to deal with it. Are you with me? That's the reason sometimes, may not be visible, probably isn't, but we find ourselves limping because it's easier to learn to limp and to live with the limp than it is to address the issue that's causing the limp. The, the, uh, the limp. Where are the hang-ups in your life? Since we're here, let's drill down a little bit more with question number four. Question number four, will you let the potter deal with the delicate issues in your life? <laughs> you say, Pastor Mike, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the issues you don't want to talk about. Talking about the issues that we don't even want to admit. We don't want to acknowledge a, a delicate issues. You know what I'm talking about. And every one of us in this room, we, we have some reference point to this. You know what it's like to have a, have a really good friend that you can be honest with. And they can be honest with you about everything. It's really great to have good friends like that. But sometimes it gets pretty uncomfortable. 
Because that good friend comes knocking on your door and says, I think we need to talk. And you, your response is, about what? And your good friend looks at you and says, uh, you know, I'm not even sure that I know what's going on, but I know something's not right. And your response is, no, I'm good. But your friend says, this is me, and I know you, and you know me, and we need to talk. And your response is, I don't want to talk about it. Delicate issues. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this morning, but every one of us have been there. Every one of us have been there. Every time I think about delicate issues, Pastor Eric, I have flashbacks to uh, when we were building the last phase of the church that we planted in Albuquerque years ago, the church that Pastor Jason and Lisa pastor today. It was the last phase of the building. It was a large steel superstructure, and we were doing a lot of the work ourselves, and we were there on a Saturday. We were erecting the steel, the, the, the beams and the columns, and all of that was in place. And I, uh, on that Saturday, found myself, uh, perched high on one of those beams about 30 or 40 feet up in the air and uh, I was connecting some pieces of metal some pieces of light metal together and we were using uh, cordless drills and self-tapping screws that would attach the steel together and I found myself my legs wrapped around that that uh, that beam up there and and uh, the tools in my hand and if you've ever done anything like this in order to for that to work, you've got to put some pressure on those self-tapping screws. And as I bore down on one of those self-tapping screws uh, to make it work, all of a sudden the screw kind of spun out and the tip of that, uh, of that cordless drill landed square on my thumbnail. And it hurt. I don't hear much empathy in this room today. I'm telling you, it hurt. It hurt. I thought I was just going to die, you know. <laughs> It's one of those times you say, take me home, Jesus, right now. I can't stand this. Uh, but bottom line is I gritted my teeth. I worked my way through it. I really wanted to crawl down and just go home. But I knew the work still needed to be done, so I put another screw in the gun, uh, and I put pressure on it again. Uh, and I'm trying to get it to work. And if you can believe it, it spun out a second time, landed on the same thumb a second time. A little more empathy now. By the time I got to the ground... My thumbnail was already turning blue and ultimately black. And anyone who's ever hit their fingernail or thumbnail with a hammer or maybe you've slammed a car door on it or whatever, most of us have experienced something like that. Isn't it amazing when that happens? Uh, it'd be nice if the pain just stayed in your thumb, but it doesn't stay there. It goes from your thumb all the way up your arm, all the way down the other arm, all the way to your toenails. It hurts. It hurts. I'm telling you, as I, as I went home that night, I, it was miserable, and it was not getting any better. It was getting worse. Uh, I mean, it was like the pressure under that thumbnail was increasing, and I'm telling you, it was, it was just not a good thing. Now, now, hang on for just a moment. Just kind of grit your teeth. Or we're in a theater. I, I think these next few comments could be rated PG-13 or whatever, but just hang in there. We, we will survive this. Uh, but but I, I, I remember sitting on the couch and think, I've got to, have some, I've got to get, have some relief. And the only way to get some relief is to drill a hole through my thumbnail uh, and be able to get some relief there. So I pulled my pocket knife out, and I, I, 
I've done this before, but I pulled my pocket knife out, and I started to, to try to use it to drill a little hole through my thumbnail. But remember, I mean, it is painful, and my, my, th- my pocket knife was dull, and it wasn't working. And I mean, it just did not work. And I mean, I, I'm telling you, I was desperate. I was desperate to try to find some sort of relief. I'm not even going to tell you everything that I tried that night. To, but I, 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 I thought about doing a lot of different things, but I went to bed, and I spent a a really sleepless night, and the next morning I went to church and uh, got to church, and I'm just trying to, you know, put my best foot forward. You know, pastors don't have the, you know, they don't have the luxury of waking up on Sunday morning and say, you know what, my thumbnail's hurting. I'm staying home today. So I went to church, and I'm standing out front, and I'm greeting people as they come in. And I've been, again, I've been around church people all my life. I love church people. Church people are kind and gracious and loving and, and encouraging and supportive. It, it's amazing what church people will do for you. Have you noticed that church people, I mean, they, they, they care about you and they, they will share advice with you even when you don't ask for it, even when you don't want it. You know what I'm talking about? Probably never happens here, but, but I, I was standing there, and it, this happened on more than one occasion that morning where people would be coming in, and I'd be greeting them. Hi, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm fine. The whole world is fine. You know what I'm talking about? And, and then, then one of them would see my thumb, and, and they'd say, oh, pastor, what happened? And, and I would tell them the quick story, and they'd say, well, what you need to do is this. And I'm, I'm getting all of this free advice, and none of it is what I want to hear. And then I saw this little elderly couple get out of their car, and they are walking up the sidewalk, and wonderful, precious couple. I'm telling you, it's a great, great, wonderful couple. They walk up, and they, 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 uh, they come in. We begin to talk, and then, then one of them sees my thumb, and, and they, they ask me about it. And, and uh, as I begin to tell them, the little grandma, I'll never forget, the little grandma says, uh, Oh, sweetie, let me tell you, this is what you need to do. And I'm thinking, if you can't trust grandma, who can you trust? So I'm listening. And she said, now what you need to do today when you get home is you need to go into Becky's sewing room or whatever and find the biggest needle that she's got. And I'm immediately a little bit nervous about Grandma's advice. She said, all you need to do is take that, that needle and you stick it into a flame of fire and it will, it will immediately it'll get red hot and you'll have to hold it with a pair of pliers. But you just touch it to your thumbnail. It will burn right through that. It will be painless and it will give you some relief. And I thought, she has lost her mind. But I got home from church that afternoon and uh, I'm telling you, I was in pain. Remember, we're talking about delicate issues. And so I finally, I didn't tell a soul, I didn't tell Becky, I didn't tell anybody. I, I went to her sewing room, and I, I found this needle, and I went out into the, into the garage, and I got my pliers. Uh, and all the time I'm doing this, I'm having this battle in my mind, because delicate issues will cause battles in your mind. Uh, and as I'm, I'm going into the kitchen, I'm thinking, I'm thinking I, this is not a good idea. This is, but, but, but on the other hand, I have got a delicate issue that desperately needs to be addressed. And, and so finally, I, I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years old or whatever at that time, or 45, and, 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 and I'm, I'm trying to talk myself through it, and I'm not doing very well. Do you understand? I'm struggling in this process. And I finally get up enough nerve to put the needle into the flame of fire, and all of these voices in my mind are there. And I stick it in the flame of fire, and I tell you, it heats up a lot quicker than I want it to. 
It turns red hot very quick. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying, you can do this. You can do this. You're a grown man. You can do this. Uh, and I, I finally pull the needle out of the fire, and I start to touch it to my thumb. And, and, and all of a sudden, this voice in my inner head is screaming, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And bottom line is, by the time I got up enough courage to get the needle to my thumb, I chickened out. And the needle was no longer red. And about that time, Becky came downstairs. She knew nothing about Grandma's advice. She knew nothing about what I'm doing. She walks in and she sees her husband standing there with a needle and pliers and at the stove. And she said, what are you doing? And I told her what Grandma said. And she said, well, how's it working? And I said, not very well. And she said, do you want my help? And I said, no, I don't want your help. This is my thumb. My thumb. This is my delicate issue. This is the situation. I understand it. And if my wife, I'm, I'm telling you, she is the sweetest wife in the world. We've been married 47 years. Amazing. But I'm just telling you, I don't know that my wife has ever been more godly than she was in that moment. She just kind of stepped back and said, okay, I'm here. If you need any help, let me know. And she simply waited. And ultimately, I handed the needle and the pliers to my wife. And she put the needle into the flame of fire. And uh, she pulled it out. Uh, and I'm, the voices in my head are still screaming, what is she going to do to me? She touched it to my thumb. And it worked exactly like the little grandma said. And it gave me the relief. It's really interesting how that our delicate issues in our life, life will create delicate issues. Things that are complicated. How many times have you had to say to someone or someone said to you, you just have to understand my situation is complicated. Could I just tell you today that God is not intimidated by your complication. God knows exactly where you are. If you let God, God can take the delicate issues of your life, and he can change everything. Let me just do, ask a couple of other quick questions, and then we're going to close. Question number five, how far will you go with the potter? Bottom line is you have a will, just like I have a will. How far will you go with the potter? We're different than the clay. The clay doesn't have a will. The clay doesn't have a voice. The clay doesn't have feet. Uh, but how far will you go with the potter? As long as it's convenient. As long as it uh, perhaps doesn't require too much. What if God has a different plan than you have? And by the way, I learned a long time ago that God's really not interested in blessing my plans what God really wants to do is to bring his plans, his desire, his heart into my life as I place my life in the hands of the potter. How far will you go with the potter? And question number six, will you allow God's dream to be born in you? Some of you have begun this journey a long time ago. Some of you may have walked into this room today and maybe you've never begun this journey with God. But will you allow God's dream to be born in you or to continue in you or to move you beyond your current reality? How long has it been since you've been consciously aware of the potter's hands touching 
your life. Why don't you bow your heads just for a moment? I want us to just create a safe moment as we set the stage for us praying together and apply this word in our lives today. Can I tell you this morning, God's best is formed on the potter's wheel. The very best for your life. The very best is formed on the potter's wheel. The question today is simply this. How do you need to respond to the potter? How do you need to respond? What is God talking to you about right now? What in that in your inner soul as you simply are sitting here in the presence of God, the backdrop of what God's been talking to us about? What is God talking to you about beyond the sermon, beyond the word picture? Could I tell you this morning, God wants to move us personally and powerfully and progressively forward into his dream for our lives. For some of us in this room today, we need to to just acknowledge that there are some lumps in the clay that need to be addressed. And can I tell you, you can't fix them yourself, but you can with God's help. Maybe there's an issue that needs to be resolved Maybe there's an offense that needs to be reconciled. Maybe there's an unconfessed sin that needs to be repented of. God's not here to condemn you today. He loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Can I ask you very quickly? I don't want to embarrass anyone. No one's looking around. How many of you just... As we prepare for prayer in a moment, just by raising a hand, you'd simply say, Pastor Mike, God's been speaking to me about some, some issues in my life, some areas in my life that I need, to, I need to address, and I want you to pray for me this morning. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand all across this room? Just slip up your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, a lot of us. It's where we live. That's the world of transformation. Let me ask you another question. Because the first question that I asked today was, have you acknowledged the potter in your life? I just wonder how many of you are here today and you'd say, Pastor Mike, I know I've heard today, I've been reminded today that God loves me. And today, I want to open the door and I want to acknowledge the potter. I want to invite Jesus into my life. I want to have a relationship with him. I, I, I desire that. I don't even know that I understand it all. But I want that relationship with Jesus in my life. If that's you, would you slip up your hand right now? I want to pray for you as well. Very quickly. Thank you. Others, very quickly. Just be sensitive to what God's saying to you today. God's saying to you today. I want you to know this morning, if you've never invited Jesus in, as I pray in just a moment, you simply need to acknowledge in your heart your need of Jesus. Make room for him. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. In other words, if we acknowledge that we're a sinner in in need of a Savior, and that's every one of our stories, he'll come into our lives. I want to encourage you to do that. I want to encourage you to take that step of faith today. Let me just pray with you and pray for you and pray over you. And after the service, if there's anything, if you need to talk, let me tell you, pastor's here. 
leadership team is here. I, my wife and I are here. But I want to pray over you right now as Pastor Eric is coming to close this service today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that, that you've been speaking to us today. God, I thank you that you love us just the way we are. God, but you love us too much to leave us that way. And you're constantly at work in our lives. God, I just pray that you will help us, God. I pray that you'll help us to just walk in your grace today. God, that you'll help us to walk in your grace as we, as we deal with those issues in our lives, God, as we acknowledge, God. God, don't let us, uh, let us fall into the trap of just going through the motions of being a part of a church. God, we want our relationship with you to be vibrant and alive. God, if there's unforgiveness that we're harboring in our hearts, instead of faith today, there are offenses that need forgiven. God, we want to deal with those. God, if there's sin in our lives, we repent of it right now. We ask that you'll forgive us and wash us and cleanse us. And I pray, God, for these individuals today who raise their hand and acknowledge they, they not only need, but they desire a relationship with you. God, I pray that you will... Uh, you will draw close to them. God, as they acknowledge that, as they ask for your forgiveness, Jesus, come alive in their lives, that today will be a day of new beginnings for them as they are born again. Lord, we give you praise today. In Jesus' name, amen.